Buenos dias from Center City. This is the Rorschach Venezuela update from the 6th of October 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Venezuela. The largest handover of political prisoners between Venezuela and the United States happened recently. On Saturday the 1st, U.S. President Joe Biden released Franqui Flores and Efrian Antonio Campos Flores, nephews of the wife of Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro, in swap for seven Americans detained in Venezuela. The Flores brothers had been arrested for drug trafficking in 2017. They had tried to smuggle 800 kilograms of cocaine into the United States. Five of the American detainees are former directors of the Sitco Oil Company. Matthew Heath is a former Marine, and Osman Khan is one of the three Americans who were arrested this year on the border between Venezuela and Colombia. After Biden's announcement, Maduro released a statement saying that the exchange was the product of different conversations carried out with representatives of the United States government since the 5th of March. Four Americans remain detained, former soldiers Luke Denham and Arian Berry, Ivan Hernandez, and Yerel Kenmore. On the same day, the opposition leader, Juan Guaido, made it clear that he did not support the swapping. He said on Twitter that, once again, the Maduro dictatorship shows that he is not interested in the Venezuelans, but simply in the benefit of his surroundings by asking drug traffickers in exchange for hostages. Journalist Patricia Janyot also commented on the matter and shared her opinion on Twitter, recalling a proposal made by Maduro months ago about the alleged exchange of Americans for Alex Saeb. The United States Senator Marco Rubio also gave his opinion, saying, This is why terrorists and tyrants keep taking American hostages. They know they can get something for them in return. Speaking of Guaido, on Sunday the 2nd, he said he suffered from constant persecution because of Maduro's security forces after posting a video on his Twitter account where a vehicle is seen following him. In international news, on Thursday the 29th, the UN Secretary General shared a report in which she pointed out that Venezuela is one of the countries that harass activists and journalists for collaborating with the United Nations organization. The report showed that these people are victims of online surveillance and cyber attacks. One of the most prominent reports on Venezuela highlights the threats and harassment to the government made against the activist Teresli Malave-Wadskir, who on several occasions has documented and denounced cases of serious human rights violations against political prisoners, including cases of torture and ill-treatment. Next up, on Sunday the 2nd, the last guerrilla group in Colombia, the Ejército de Liberación Nacional, better known as ELN, reported that members of their dialogue delegation traveled from Cuba to Venezuela in order to begin the dialogue process with the Colombian government. 
The trip took place after the government of Colombia announced on Saturday the 1st the suspension of the extradition orders against two ELN delegates who were in Cuba, Aurelio Carbonell and Pablo Beltran. According to Colombia's president, Gustavo Petro, the trip to Venezuela would be a prelude to communication. The dialogue with the guerrillas broke down in 2019 when they attacked a cadet school in Bogota in January of that same year, where almost 30 students died. Following this news, on Tuesday the 4th, the ELN and the government of Colombia signed their first agreement in Caracas in which they committed to resuming peace negotiations. On the same day, Maduro met with the Minister of Foreign Affairs in Colombia, Alvaro Leva. This is the first high-level visit that he received from Petro's administration. The meeting, whose agenda is unknown, lasted about three hours, and once it ended, the officials did not give any statements to the press. And in other news, on Friday the 30th, the public ministry finally found Nepomuceno Hernandez Blanco, the priest of the San Juan Bautista de la Concordia Parish in San Cristobal, Tachira, guilty of sexually abusing a 13-year-old girl inside the church, La Ermita, back in August. According to the investigation, the priest was under the influence of alcohol when he committed the crime. In a statement to the news portal La Nación, Hernández said that he wasn't conscious at the moment he committed this act because he was under a, quote, demonic possession, unquote. Moving on, on Thursday the 29th, the Bolivarian National Police of Falcon State arrested 25 people in a travel agency who were going to be investigated for human trafficking. 22 passengers, including two minors, two drivers, and the travel agency owner were detained when they were about to begin their trip to the Tachira's state border. The husband of the agency owner reported that officials arrived without a search warrant. He said that police told them that the Miranda State Police Department was carrying out an investigation into human trafficking. However, the agency representative said they were not committing any crime. To date, only the minors have been released. Speaking of traveling on Saturday the 1st, Leticia Gomez, the Vice Minister of International Tourism, announced the arrival of 400 people from Russia as part of a, quote, strategic plan, unquote, implemented by Maduro's regime to boost tourism. The plan was announced in August to reactivate charter flights between Moscow and Porlamar. On Sunday the 2nd, Gomez also announced the arrival of 40 Cuban tourists to the country. She said that all these people who come from countries allied with the Chavista regime will have the, quote, opportunity to get to know and enjoy the Pearl of the Caribbean, unquote. The rains in the country caused by tropical wave number 39 has left many dead and dozens of people homeless. On Thursday the 29th, Luis Muica, the regional director of Civil Protection and Disaster Administration, reported that in the state of Barquisimento, 100 homes have been affected by the floods and that 14 families have been left homeless. 
On Tuesday the 4th, Civil Protection announced that the number of deaths due to heavy rains increased to 16. On Thursday the 29th, Carlos Perez, the Vice Minister of Risk Management and Civil Protection, said that the Maduro regime had set up 33 shelters for more than 1,200 people affected by the rains. In the country, the rains intensified in the capital district and the states of Miranda, Aragua, Carabola, Lara, Monangas, Sucre, and Zulia. The situation caused floods and some highways collapsed. One of the most affected regions was the state of Zulia, where four shelters were activated to serve the affected people. Other states where they placed shelters at Delta Amacuro, Bolivar, Barinas, and Lara. And to close this edition on a lighter note, some good news. On Friday, the 30th, the Fundacion Mapfre Social Awards decided to reward Venezuelan businesswoman and fashion designer Carolina Herrera, who founded her own fashion house in New York in 1981 when she was 42 years old. On Thursday, the 6th of October, Queen Sofia of Spain will preside over the award ceremony in Madrid. The organization highlights that the Carolina Herrera brand, through fashion and accessories, fragrances, and makeup, occupies one of the most important positions in the world of luxury, with a presence in more than 140 countries. On Saturday the 1st, after six years, the Puerto Rican singer Olga Tañón returned to Venezuela to perform at the Caracas Poliedro. In tears, the singer dedicated some emotional words to the public and asked artists to continue traveling and performing in Venezuela. That's it for this week. Thank you as always so much for joining us. You can support us by subscribing to our show and this way you'll never miss an episode. Let us know your thoughts and ideas by emailing us at venezuela at rorschach.com. That's R-O-R-S-H-O-K dot com. Hasta la próxima. Thank you.